0: What's happening, folks? Jig night. I always like jig night. What's going on, everybody? Paladin in the house. The rest of the crew starting to show up. What's going on, guys? I'm just waiting on, waiting on Jim. So, kind of just hang out for a sec here and give you guys Brian Schmidt. What's happening, buddy? Um, so like I just kind kind of give you guys a little update. So, if you guys aren't on Instagram, I'm throwing out little teasers right? All kinds of good little teasers. So a couple little things. Um, so I have a friend that, um, uh, helped me out with some of my new sticker designs and, uh, well, I, they're my designs, but anyway, I have stickers coming. I only have about five, I think I had about five sets of the new sticker packs, um, coming. So I think I posted it on the community tab here on YouTube. And then um, it's posted on Instagram as well. The new stickers are pretty slick. The new sticker pack, they're 9 bucks. So if you want them, you're going to have to jump on them. Um, Darius, what's up, buddy? Welcome. Um, But anyway, so I have a friend that does the sublimation printing that I work with. And she um, did a test for me of those stickers on, like, sun shirts, right? And they look awesome. So I'm going to make a few up for myself. Um, Michael Bradley, what's happening, brother? Uh, I'm going to make a few up for myself, and they're, they just, I mean, I think the two designs look killer, Um, and um, yeah, they look good on a shirt, so Sean, what's happening, buddy? So I'm really excited, so I'm going to have those coming. I don't really know what that's going to look like, whether I really want to get shirts printed and all that type of stuff. It's like, you know, everything takes time, right? And so, um, you know, I'm basically gearing up for what 2023 looks like. Um, Matt, what's happening, buddy? Um, so Debo, what's happening, brother? Um, David, how are you? Oh, look at David's already asking about new gear for Black Friday. We're going to talk about that a little bit too. George, welcome, Larry Hadley. So, you guys, if you pay attention, I I put two little reels up on Instagram that has what the logos would look like on the sun shirts. So check them out. You'll see. I also have that sticker pack available for nine bucks. So, anyway. This is kind of this little push towards the end of the year. So um big Jim's coming on tonight. So I just gotta double check. I gotta make sure Jim didn't send me a message and tell me he's sick. And oh he says he says I'm here. Where where's he at? I don't even know what the heck. Jim, he's here. Let's see. Maybe I'm gonna send here, I'm gonna tell him I'll send you the link, the link again, because I want to make sure. I didn't send him the wrong one because he says he's in there maybe i sent the wrong one so i have to do that hold on i'm gonna do this in my let's do this this is how these things always go there's always something so let me do this i gotta go gotta email myself the code Hold on. Everyone, bear with me one minute. we got to try and get Jim in. I'm going to send it to myself. And let me go back to my email because I thought I sent it to Jim already. Maybe I sent him the wrong one. These things happen. So hold on. Bear with me a second, everyone. No subject. Let's copy this. we got to send it to Big Jim again. These things happen once in a while. Things work, things don't work. It's just the nature of it all the time. I got to let my phone load. Jim, you're going to have to wait for me, brother. <laughs> These things happen. Yeah. See, on the fly tackle says, cue the clown car music. Right. Copy link. Let's try sending this to Jim again. Let me go back. I got to see what email did I send it to, Jim? Um. Let's see. Now I gotta go in the jig squad email and I gotta see sent. It's always a process around here with me. Big Jim. Let's try this again. Big Jim. Sorry, guys. Big Jim just fishing. Let's try this again. I might have sent the wrong one. New link. He might be sitting in the show for Mike Iavino. He's not gonna get it. All right. I'm going to message it all. Try the new link. Try the new link I just emailed. Okay, let's see what happens. Yeah, you know what, Devo? It's funny because there's nothing. Jim. Jim, you should have. I just emailed you again. I could have sent you the wrong one, my friend, because I don't see you popping up in the waiting room. So I just tried sending it again, and I copied out of it. So it definitely could be. A classic Mike Murphy error. These things happen. So the best part is Jim's in chat. So somehow, some way, we're gonna get him in here. So he can't be. He 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 didn't mess this up himself. Jim would have messed it up because he's familiar with StreamYard. So it was probably Murphy sending him the wrong link. So I Jim, I emailed you uh, the link again. So let's make sure you got it. Oh, did you see a flash? Maybe. Maybe not. I thought Jim was coming in. So, but anyway, like I said, until Jim comes rolling in. So I got the stickers going. I'm getting ready. Mike Ivinos coming up. Uh, what is it? The 15th maybe. And then of course I have on the 29th, I'm doing the one year show. So I'm not really, I'm not going to release what that show is going to look like yet. Um, but I'm going to do a lot of talking, a lot of revealing, a lot of sharing what the year was like and all that fun stuff. Let's see. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of excited about that. I mean, I'm not really, there you go, new link. Let's see if that works. Jim Jim can try in the new link to the Just Fishing, Jim, in case you're looking. You got to go in through that link I sent you to the Just Fishing account. Um, So, you know, I'm really excited. It's kind of like there's this weird little thing going on where I'm like, you know, I'm just over 900 uh, people on the jig squad, uh, YouTube page. And so it's like this, there's this little road to a 1000, which is kind of like a big milestone in this scene, I guess. Right. So I'm doing all I can. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but the goal is to end the year. We're going to talk about what 2023 is going to look like. Um, what some of the shows are going to be like. Um, and it's going to be cool. Vince, what's happening, buddy. Yeah. Sean jig squad t shirt So. If I have them they're going to be the long sleeve SPF uh sun shirts. So I just I'm working I have the the last two sticker designs is what I'm I I'm working on right now to see what they look like. So I'm just going to try them out first on two different shirt colors. Gary, I just got a text from Gary. What's happening, buddy? All right, so Big Jim, hey, send him the link. I don't know what happened. So we'll see. Jim, if you if you're still in chat, buddy, I sent you that link to your email again. So double check the, just the gym email. I could send it to, um, I'm going to send it to uh, tells me I'm here. This is crazy. I don't understand. I don't, you know what the thing is, Jim? I Jim's telling me it says he's here, but the funny thing is I don't see him. That's wild. I don't know why Jim. I couldn't tell you brother. It says you're here. Try leaving and then coming back again. Did you click, Jim, did you click on the new link that I sent uh, via email just a few minutes ago? Because it's not showing up. Usually it shows you're like in the waiting room and then, um, and I don't see you there. That's what I don't understand. So try going in, into Jim. Again, Jim, if you're, if you're here, Jim, you would be in the waiting room in StreamYard and you would see me on screen with the chat on the right. So try try again. Try leaving and then go into that new link I sent you to via email. I'm doing two things at once. Let me try and send this to Jim here too. I want to see if this works. So now, Jim, you got it in your email and in StreamYard. So let's see what happens. I don't see you, brother. And if you think you're in there, come out of it and then re-enter the room. Because what will happen is you'll appear in the waiting room. So all right, technical difficulties, folks, which is okay. We we work on these things. Um, uh, Dark man, what's happening, buddy? Um, I think I got everyone that came into the room. So, but anyway, these are some of the things that are coming up. What have I been tying or what have I been making? Um, I am trying to mess around with some football jigs. Uh, smaller sizes, you know, like everyone's talking about size one, but mostly I've been playing around with, an eighth ounce, I've got a one out hook in it, and that maybe that's not small enough for people, but um that's what I use. And then I have a two out in uh, the quarter, and I'm running a three out in the three eighth. So I'm playing around with that a little bit. um and I'm just messing around with some different uh, silicone skirt patterns on the uh, um no, no hybrids, not interested in that right now. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna do a lot of tying this winter. Um, but just messing around with some football jigs that I really want to think that I'm going to use. You know, Amurda, what's happening? Faith Faith says, um, any mic suggestions for podcasts and live streams? You know what? This is what I would say, 3F. Go. I, other people will tell you otherwise. This is what I'm going to say. Buy, I'm using my wife's microphone. I don't know what this thing costs. It's a, uh, it's a, um audio technica 2000 i don't know how much these things cost i would say buy something that costs that's inexpensive so you don't need to break the bank get started for and you get going and then you kind of learn what you want to do um i personally am going to try and take advice from other people when i buy my own microphone and i can get off my wife's my wife's microphone and i'm i'm truly full in the basement down by the lab so that's going to be the intention that's where i want to be and um you know, I'll see what happens. I'm just checking on emails back and forth with Jim here. See, I have like my regular email box and I have this, a jig Squad email box, which I don't like. I don't like having multiple emails. That's not my style, but that's what I do. Trippy sticks, what's happening? Um, Jeff, what's happening? No, Jeff, you didn't miss anything. I'm just trying to get Jim on Uh, some technical difficulties, but that's life, right? So listen, this is what I want to tell you guys. So one of the things that I'm doing, so, uh, the, all the scientists of the YouTube fishing scene talk about, oh, live streams kill your, kill your channel, and all these. That's all I do. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't even have any videos. So for me, it's just, it's just what I do. And maybe for them, that's, that's kind of what they think when they compare it to their videos. Whatever. That's, that's their thing. For me, here's my new game. I I basically, you know, I didn't like to get into all the reels and all that stuff on Instagram, but you guys know it's my intention to share designers work on Instagram. That's the whole point of this whole thing, right? So what I decided to start doing is I said, I'm going to start taking the short form videos that people are doing uh, of 10 to anywhere from 7 to 15 seconds of videos. There's Jim McLaughlin. You're in, Jim. There you go. I went to my phone to do it. You, you know what it is? You you get these big old computers, and now you have to go to your – turn your phone sideways. You look like a, a big giant there, for crying out loud. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Ah, yes. Jim.
1: Hang on for a second. Stupid story. Buddy,
0: at least, listen. As long as we hear your voice and we know you're here, I, I could have – Jim, it could have been a Mike Murphy problem. I could have sent you Mike Iavino's show for weeks from now. I don't know what the hell I did, buddy.
1: Hey, I'll, I'll bet dollars to, to donuts is me.
0: <laughs> well, listen, you've been doing this longer than me, my friend. So I'm going to I'm gonna take the heat on this one. Yeah. So you guys, as, as Jim's getting his camera already here, I, I'm going to say a couple things, and then I'm going to give Jim a chance to kind of tell me about Jim here. So – The reason we have big Jim McLaughlin on this show is I want, and if you guys aren't familiar with who Jim is, Jim is an icon in the, in the Northern part of the States, as well as the Canadian fishing scene. He's got Jim. I don't know. What was it? 28 tournament wins back in the day. He's also been running a publication that's still free to this day called just fishing. And you could find it on the web now, it, it started off in print form and moved on to digital, but it's called justfishing.ca. And Jim has been running this, started this and running it free for what? Going on 25 plus years, even more than that now, Jim. Tell it, yeah, it's coming up to 30. Good guys. Listen, before we get to all the fun stuff, tell us about you a little bit. So people get to know you and then, and then kind of like your history in the fishing scene before we even get to the jig talk thanks
1: for having me right off the bat. I appreciate it. But yeah, yes, no, I buddy. Was, uh, you know, I was basically a kid that grew up fishing in the Reno Canal in Ottawa. I was a forces brat. My dad was uh, was in the army. okay. And, uh, he's uh he was a veteran, and uh, it, you know, we moved around a bit in that and we moved to Ottawa. and uh, I started fishing in the Reno Canal as a kid. and first fish I caught was a bullhead about eight inches long, and that was it. Here we are. i'm I'm just coming up to seventy and we're still at it, and I love it. But I got into tournament fishing and I, first year I was in, I won the Canadian championship, which is like the Bassmaster Classic in the States. Sure. So, yeah. So I was sort of, I didn't realize how well I could fish and, and I had that that <laughs> competitive, I had that competitive juice too. And then the year after I wanted a game and uh, then Amazing I, on, I was, yeah, I was so fortunate. I won a slew of tournaments and, uh, you know, then I decided to get out of it, but I realized in Canada, there wasn't really a way to make a living fishing tournaments, obviously because the snow's only gone for about six weeks out of the year. (laughs) You know, So, (laughs) although this, this year we have none so far. So it's, uh, you know, where, where I am. So, but, uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, when I, I moved on, we started doing just fishing. Uh, I, I, I've been with Shimano. In fact, I'll be signing a new contract in a few weeks here and that'll make 40 years. 40? Oh, yeah, four Goodness, buddy. 40. Well, yeah. 40 years. For in you. So fishing really became, uh, uh, it became a lifestyle. Everything I do with it. Like I just got back from, uh, emceeing the, uh, the ultimate ice fishing show in Toronto. No yes. weekend. And, uh, I was down there with uh, Dave Chong, who you probably know of. Sure. And uh, He's just headed down to Hartwell to fish uh, in uh, the Bassmaster Team Championship there.
0: That's awesome.
1: Uh, in fact, he's leaving in a couple hours from now. Now, now to head down there. But uh, yeah, no, I was at the ice fishing show. I came home Monday or Sunday night, and Monday morning. I got up and my head—I uh, was just absolutely dying. I called Dave, so I got the same thing. So sure, I'm coming out of it now. I suppose tomorrow I'll be a lot better, but. Uh, yeah, no, that's what it is, the fishing business. I, I used to fish. I guided a lot, too, in the beginning, in between tournaments and stuff. Sure. But uh, I only did the tournament thing uh, for 10 years, and I won 29 major tournaments. So i uh, that's something I, I really look back for. But I wow. I think I, I most want to be remembered for all the stuff I've done with kids. You know, it's so
0: interesting you say that. So you guys listen. So you guys know that I always kind of speak my mind on this show and stuff. And so – well, first of all, that's a whopping number. 29 large-scale uh, tournaments in 10 years is ginormous, right? But you guys know I hold a special place in my heart with the kids' stuff because I work in education. But I'm going to tell you something. You guys, listen. If you haven't, I threw it up on the screen, and the links are all available down below in the show description on YouTube. But Jim Jim is a character larger than life. And I'm going to tell you something. I have him on the show for all all these great things in his personality. But one of the things I appreciate besides his hair jigs that he makes all the time that I appreciate about him all the time. And I haven't told him this is there's two things that he does that I really enjoy watching on his Instagram page. Right. And you guys know, I'm big on people's story, like where people come from, who they are, how they carry themselves, how they do things. So Jim, there's two things that Jim posts, that are not even relevant to fishing at all, but I love. One is he always takes a screenshot of the radio station he has on in his car of some classic rock song that just brings me back to years ago, all the time. And I love when I see this because I always laugh and Jim reminds me of this when I see the screenshots of his of his car. So that's one. And Jim, the other one is about once a month, Jim will post pictures of him and all the old cats from high school that they he's got a group of about a dozen guys that they all get together once a month and he takes a picture with these guys out to eat you know bs and and talking and uh, every last one of them's happy as all get out and i just thought you know what it just personality is important in this world and even if you're not um you know uh out and about and, 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 and you're, if you're an introvert, that's fine. But the reality is Jim's got a personality that's larger than life and what, how he describes things, how he talks about hair jigs and talks about making more fluff and another drop off at this, you know, tackle shop. And it's just, if you haven't seen his stuff on Instagram, you should, he brings a smile to my face all the time. And in my day. And um and you know he makes a pretty gar- darn good hair jig. What about what about making jigs? Has this always been a thing for you, or when did this making jigs thing start?
1: Well, you know it's hey. By the way, those guys that you posted, we get together three times a year. Okay. It's, it's on December tenth. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm excited to, to see the pics. Me too. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was it was it was supposed to be December tenth, but unfortunately. We lost another one of the guys and his week oh. is this Saturday. So
0: Okay. So Sorry happens, to hear. Like,
1: yeah, no, he's he was he was a little bit older than us, but uh he was uh he was one of the crowd and it's uh it's always good. It, it it happens, but you know, when you get up to 70, man, oh man, it starts happening whether you want it to or not, you know. Yeah,
0: stuff you know, starts changing. Yeah, That's right. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. Hey, you know, when I started making jigs, uh good out of high school, I worked at a big paper mill for for a couple of years. And when we were doing that. It was the Ottawa River in through through Ottawa. Started fishing for walleyes out there, and I was the the in the very beginning. I was the guy with the back trolling the big ru- pieces of rubber on the back of the boat, back trolling with a Lindy rig. And peep. nobody in Canada in Eastern Canada had seen anybody back troll. Okay, like they thought I was like, you know, and perhaps I am. But it worked. You know what I mean? It was all good. I mean, then they saw you putting, you know. Uh, you know, dots of air in, in worm's tails with worm, the old Lindy worm blower sure. and stuff like that and all this sure. stuff. And we dock the boat behind the plant, go into work, work at like an eight-hour shift, come back out, jump in the boat, go fishing again. Cool, fishing some more. Yeah. Pull the boat That's up on so the shore great. behind the plant. But, you know, stuff, stuff stuff like that. And then we started, we get into hair jigs and okay. there's a lot of rocks in the Ottawa River. So sure. we started, we lost a lot of them. And uh, sure. so I started making them, so I've really been making them for like uh, forty-five years, maybe maybe more.
0: It's a long time, and so you yeah. now you make a little bit of everything. Like I mean, the the, the two biggest things I see you making are hair uh, marabou jigs and then bucktail jigs. Mm-hmm. And then, are, do you branch out into anything else besides that, or is that the biggest? Yeah, I make market? I make
1: some other little stuff too. I play around with uh, where are they here. I'll probably get so much stuff kicking around here. I like to uh I like to mess around and I, I make stuff like this too like hair spinner baits. Oh beautiful. I'll make a I'll get a bunch of those together once in a while. I usually only make these a couple of times a year and it's at this time of the year and I make a whack of them. Of course so bu- you, get- you
0: got on that on that spinnerbait Jim you have bucktail with some type of tailing material. What was yeah. that like a, a bucktail tail as well? Yep. Nice beautiful the hair,
1: some feathers. Oh, and hack. Okay, good. All kinds of stuff. I like adding ex- extra stuff when I do it. And then, you sure. know, the regular old bucktails. This is one I came up with. I make a perch pattern on that same head. Okay. And I what I like to do is uh, uh, put a lot of feathers and st- stuff in it so it looks like it has a tail and everything. You know, I can just, I don't know. But So, a guy wanted me to tie in black jigs with an orange feather. Sure. And head. And I didn't happen to have any chartreuse heads. So I used my perch head that I make, yeah, and it became black perch, and it's for two years now. It's the when I sell direct to people, this is the biggest selling jig I've had by far.
0: R- that that color pattern, that, that colorway, color, yeah.
1: Right. I got guys, co- you know, coming and asking me for you know getting like thirty six at a time. Wow! It's a, and then of course with the Johnson boys from Canada, and Gussie, this stuff just blew up, eh?
0: The fluff, yes, yeah,
1: absolutely blew up. And I when I started making the fluff, I I actually I used to fish against the Johnson's boy's dad. Really? <laughs> he is, what, he is that a great, what a great little thing. Yeah. You like know? we all we all grew up together. And then the Johnsons got the fluff from Gussie. As the stor- story goes, the Johnson boys went out to hunt with Gussie. Really? And they get to the house and they look in the garage, and there's a bunch of rods in the corner. And Corey, who's pretty aggressive. <laughs> He's he's still the the number one penalty guy for the Peterborough Pete in junior hockey in Canada. <laughs> so he's uh, he's he's a character and a half. He said, "Well, you know what were you fishing for?" And, and Gussie looked down and got guilty. Gussie's the salt of the earth, salt of the earth. He writes for us in the magazine. I've yeah. known him forever. Like it's, it's really funny because on the weekend at the Ultimate Ice Fishing Show, we had Gord Pizer there. Yeah, and he had his grandson with him. Okay. And I, and I told the crowd, you know, I said, here's, here's George <laughs> bringing along his grandson, Liam now. Okay. A lot, it, like a lot of you may not know that in Kenora, you know, Pizer mentored Gussie when he was a kid. Okay. He, yeah. He, he, he taught him all kinds of stuff and, you know, Gussie's gone out of greatness so that the half of rods and reels are sitting there and Corey looks at it and says, what's the little marabou jig? Those are for walleyes. You, ever, you know, whatever. They, nobody knew anything about it yet. This is like 10, 12 years ago.
0: Okay. I was going to ask.
1: Yeah. What year was it, it? From the Lindners. Because w- w- there's a lot of tournaments that the Linders won that Fort Francis deal and other, and they did very well in the Kenora Bass one and other stuff over there. And they, they A lot of the fish they caught with the, you know, fish in the fluff. And, yeah. Uh, so he couldn't keep a straight, a straight face. So then the Johnsons got back here, got some, uh, and that's when they started cleaning up in Lake Ontario. yeah before they really went south of the border uh and started doing that kind of stuff and all these fish were coming on the fluff oh yeah they they were all coming on the fluff i mean they would just go around and mark a a thousand spots on the gps like it's a horrible thing it's a horrible thing to search for fish with but if you got one if you got one that's there all you have to do is reel it back as slow as you can without touching the bottom and it's money
0: yeah you know it's funny you say that um Jim, because like my buddies, number one thing, like I'll I'll have friends that will go fish up north, and I'm talking like the peninsula, Wisconsin, and um Door County area, right? And there, sometimes people will come back and they'll say, "Um, man, I couldn't get I, you know, they're sight fishing certain, I couldn't get them to bite." I'm like, "You throw did you throw a marabou jig past them and just drag it past them?" They're like, no, I'm like, "You should have." And and the thing is, not everyone. Not everyone knows that, but the thing is, if you're a northern smallmouth person and in your case, you guys, I mean, it's been I mean, look how long, how long has the, the whether it be marabou or other type of um uh bucktail, how long like the linders, even back in the day, like there's been so much the hair jigs have been around for a long time. Oh, these yeah. these are nothing new.
1: Yeah, and they've they've been around forever. I mean, they, I think hair jigs date date back into the 1800s. There's 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 stuff on them, you know.
0: I I remember Jim when I when I was younger. One of the first hair jigs I tried making, I didn't know where you got hair fly tying materials or any of that stuff. And I'll never forget, I grabbed some uh, cross cut rabbit from. Um, and it might've even been something else besides rabbit, but from like a Bass Pro year, many, many years ago. And I had some three odd hook or jigs that we had poured and poured. And I I'll never forget wrapping that. Uh, that was the first jigs I ever made. And I wrapped them and I'm sitting there and I go, why aren't these tails long enough? I go, I'm just going to hang a piece off the back end, you know, like a strip. And I go, yep. it's like making like a twitching jig. And I, and I, I, I almost figured that out for myself back in the day and i used to take them not on the on the great lakes but i was using them on the kankakee river in illinois and i would be fishing these for smallmouth and and that was my first experience with with hair jigs and i i had no idea how to tie a marabou jig or anything of the sort yep. um and now bucktail i'll be honest with you jim bucktail to me um is the like a great frontier that is still to be discovered in the in the bass world. It's still, I feel that bucktail is the secret out there right now. And it's, but it's not being kept as a secret. The salt, the saltwater guys have been using bucktail for years. Uh, a lot of people have been fishing bucktail and sp- different versions of a lot of things in the walleye scene. But even the largemouth guys are starting to catch on to bucktail with feather and all that type of stuff, you know? yeah, And it's just, I, I'm fascinated by it. The Rockaroo. One of my buddies just sent a message and I called it that the,
1: Caps Rockaroo Jigs.
0: That's right. They used the, the Caps rockaroo. rockaroo.
1: Yeah. The back page of Fishing Facts Magazine used to have that ad with the jigs. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. It's so classic. And Jim, how? let me ask you a question. How often would you say that you're going on different people's shows to talk about, like podcasts? How often are you getting invited on people's shows? Well,
1: I do, I do the Canadian Fishing Network here every Monday night.
0: It's Monday night. Okay, yeah, so this is yeah. something I want to tune into. Yeah. But to me, Jim, I'll be honest with you. There are more people in the states that have to like. I was. I I pick certain people for all different kinds of reasons sometimes. But I'm like you. More people needed to know who Jim McLaughlin was, right? And I just I just think you have all these stories and history and like more people need to hear it. And I I'm really happy you were. Um, you said you'd come on tonight. Oh yeah, I I, heard, I like. I like your bucktails the best. I'm going to be honest with you. With the banana on the banana jig?
1: Yeah, that's what I was showing you there.
0: It's absolutely beautiful.
1: Yeah, so, something else we've been making, too, I, I started making was I'm pretty good buddies with Pete Bosselman, who ties most of the dads and blade baits. Blade okay. And I started making these great big musky jigs.
0: Oh, look at that.
1: You can see how big they are and hang a bunch of feathers out the back and whatever else. And that's a that's an 8 dot VMC hook in there. Wow. There's one that's not tied. You can see the size of it. Nice. So I started doing loading that up. And that's got like about, that's got, honestly, if you were buying the small packs of uh, marabou, (laughs) it's got a a pack and a half on it or something. Like, there's a lot of it on there. But then, so last year I'm sitting around and I thought to myself, you know, like, all these things come out because we we do different things. So I I made some and I put a piece of 50-pound fluorocarbon out the back and I hung a blade on the back. Okay, so I gave some of these okay, to Gord yeah. Pizer and Liam, his grandson, because Liam goes to university down here, just below me, here in Kingston, which sure. is right on the shores of Lake Ontario at Queens. And uh, I gave him some of these, and uh he caught the biggest uh, tiger muskie he's ever caught. Um, That's in crazy. Fact, the only one he's ever caught.
0: That's awesome, Jim. Somebody asked the chat. Here, let me go back, and I'll. He's, uh, Michael Bradley says, are there any factors that would make Maribou outperform Bucktail or vice versa?
1: Hmm. I, I think Bucktail is better for more aggressive stuff. From what I've seen, like uh, Maribou is usually to me anyway, uh, is associated with real subtle things like, you know, I, I had uh, one of the we had uh, Jimmy Linder on one of the uh, CFN things a couple of years ago. And sure. we, we talked about the fluff and he said, "Uh, you know, they, where they fish up in Minnesota, Wisconsin, you know, he said like, once it gets past like August and they go on the natural lakes with a lot of uh, rock and patches of sand Sure. for largemouths. They're not fishing smallmouths now, they're fishing largemouths. And they go out and this is where I got that special line from him about reeling it back as slow as you can without t- uh, touching the bottom hmm that's why a lot of guys use it like uh 330 seconds you right know, most of the guys want eights because they have a hard time casting them but uh there's certain rods out there i know like i'm with chamato loomis has a uh the nrx the 901 yeah um, you know five pound power pro and a six six or eight pound fluorocarbon leader and sure. you, can, you can chuck that thing a mile and then once the fish gets on of course the rod loads up almost like a steelhead rod so the, you know as long as it goes in their mouth with that little number one or two, Gamagatsu six hundred four, like mm-hmm. with, with, yeah. When you look at the hooks, where did it go? When you look how small the hooks are in these things, like I mean, they're teeny. They're, there's not much of them at all, and that you know, people say, "Oh, I need a bigger hook. I catch big boats. I said, "Well, if the Johnsons get by with that, maybe you can too." <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for me, Jim, it, that's been a very I, like I said, I just try. I try and be honest about my comments. I've had a very difficult time going all the way down to a size one for my Marabu jigs, and I I made some last year, um, and I'm going to try and make more this winter to use again next spring. But the thing is, it's funny just because that that's not what I would always use. I do like a one on, um, but I am trying to go down more to a one. And I'll be honest, why? The reason I give it validity is that I realized that I go up north and I fish in like my, my, you know, I, I said, I work in education. So the, uh, when we get out of school, I go with the guys from school, uh, a group of teachers, we go up to door. County Last year we went to Mille Lacs. This year we're going up to door County again. Um, but I, I, I realized that when I'm in that type of water and those environments, I have to have that those types of um, sizes, you know, so I still like my one odds for like rivers and drifting current and stuff like that. How about this one, Jim? Have you ever heard of this stork, stork marabou? I don't even uh, know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I knew
1: stork marabou. The stuff I use is turkey mar- marabou. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I just, I just got three, three pounds in here from California the other day.
0: Yes. Yeah, three pounds,
1: three pounds. Here's a three pound box of marabou. <laughs> I
0: I get my white bucktail in boxes like that. I'm not. I I shouldn't be telling people all these things. But I I I can
1: see behind me the closet here, all the boxes. Oh gosh, that's that's all the feathers and stuff. Like this is a hobby that that got out of control, right? (laughs) It's like you
0: know, it's um, pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome, Jim. I mean, what do you like? What do you like to make the most? If you're if you get a chance to fish a hair jig, are you are you, what do you like, what, or what do you like to make the most? you like, you like making bucktails? Or yeah, you like, I like making, making bucktail
1: because that's primarily up, up here. Vast majority of the bucktails I make, I would say probably 80% of them go to the Kawartha Lakes, which is a series of lakes just north of Toronto. Okay. Uh, there's, there's, there's do- dozens of lakes and little rivers that all connect together. And uh, you could do it in the Bay of Quinte. too. You can do it anywhere where there's wall- wall- walleyes and cabbage or milfoil. And okay. they rip jigs. And I'm not talking yes. about snap jigging. I'm talking about rip jigging. You're mm-hmm. you're you're casting. It, you're reaching out as far as you can, and you're ripping that jig five six feet through through the weed. And by the time you catch up to the line, when you rip it again, the fish has got it. Wow! Like it's 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 a completely different thing. A lot of people don't realize what it is. And I got this from some uh, some guys that fished the Kawartha's and they won a the Canada U.S. walleye tournament so many times, so so many times doing that. It's uh, It's pretty amazing when, when that jig blows through that weed. Yeah. That's like, that's the reason having the eye come out the front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you can. When that jig blows through, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just incredible. It's uh, the way it works.
0: Okay. You just made a great point. And I think this is one thing that I want to make sure we touch on. So if you notice what Jim, first of all, Jim says a lot of things. I keep trying to listen to all of it because it's all good points but he said when the eye comes out of the front of the jig. All right, so Jim talk about this a little bit more of uh, the difference between a uh, a more forward facing eye as opposed to a a vertical eye. Like let let me give you an example guys. A vertical eye would be like a normal 90 degree ball head jig straight up or on the ultra minimal mold is an example would be a just a vertical eye. But there's also If you have like a, I don't know what percentage to call it, a 60 degree hook and you're using it, it, it's called a weight forward jig, right? And there's lots of different types of weight forward jigs, but what it does is it changes how that pulls through the water when you're fishing it. But Jim, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So when the eye comes out the front, like you see, if you have a jig head like this, that's that's that, uh, the herring head.
0: Yes. Good example.
1: I've I've been tying the same pattern on. When you're ripping it through the weeds the weed can get caught in front of the eye across the front here when it rips through and you'll get weed and, you know, bit algae and moss and crap gets caught across that. Even if you jerk it really, really hard. And another thing that I've learned with this is that uh, not only is it important to have it up in the front like that, uh, it it just comes through the weed easier when it's there. It doesn't have to break as much weed, but if you jerk it hard enough, and the weed is healthy. It just breaks the weed. And if you're coming in with weed, you should probably maybe shift around a bit, try to find weed that's a little greener, a little crispier, and it breaks easier, because then it's really healthy, more oxygen. It's uh, it's it's just uh, it's just something that really, really works. I've I've seen so. I mean, you go to a walleye tournament in the Northeast, and you see guys, and they're, they're up at the front, and, and they're like this, they're <laughs> th- like like they're looking for the milfoil with a little bit of red on the top yeah because it's flowering and it's really healthy and okay. that's the stuff and you'll see a big red hue under the water and you'll throw into that and i mean you don't have to we only have to throw it like 40 50 feet you don't have to be trying to long bomb it uh because you know if 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 you do hook a good fish in a weed uh we're probably using well see braid changed the whole thing but you don't want oh yeah to... yeah you don't want to cast it too far because quite often it does get hung up and tangled but the vast majority of the cast will come back if you snap it good and hard. And the weed is healthy, like braid. You know that's something that uh, a lot of people watching may not be old enough to remember when we didn't have braid, right? We, yeah, no, it's it's like so cool. I remember I remember when braid came to be. Uh, it, it was just absolutely amazing. But the original power pro with its roughness on the edges, yep, the way the way it saw saws weed, it's a dream for ripjiggers. Yeah, and I mean, you know, fish don't see that when you're dashing a jig through through the weeds at mark four and then it just drops and they like they just bite it
0: they it, just go They don't right.
1: look at it and go oh oh there's a piece of fishing line and I'm a firm believer that fish don't know what fishing line is like you know like if uh, yeah, like you know is the fish looking at it and saying oh there's fishing line that means there's somebody at the opposite end trying to catch me and now it's time to take time to take <laughs> up golf that <laughs> you know I me. Mean?
0: i hear you buddy i I think
1: you know here's the thing
0: it's so interesting how um how different techniques like i'm still the one thing that perplexes me more than anything else when it comes to different type of hair jigs is um and i shouldn't it perplexes me because I, i i like to have i like to be um i like to inquire about how techniques work in different areas of the country like a fascination to me is one of the big things going on in the tournament scene right now is everyone's talking about, you know, chicken rigs and um, any type of white bucktail with incorporated hackle and feathers. And this is a big thing, including down South. Oh, all these guys are down getting in, into this type of fishing. And, and, and the funny thing is like, one of the things that like I see happening and, and anyone who doesn't like what I'm about to say, then don't comment. So no one knows. That you're it bothers you but now 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 it's kind of like people that are trying to throw finesse bucktail type of presentations or things like bear and other things like that um for small mouth it's like all of it works all yep. of it works and, and it's t- and and there's a time and a place for it and the thing is people also have to remember forage is important what forage are you trying to replicate right and there's a lot of different things to replicate a craw. There's a lot of different techniques that you can use that are going to replicate a bait fish. And, like, I, you know, a lot of people will talk about like marabou and say, you got to cast that marabou out, have it just off the bottom and just ba- bare, barely above the bottom and slowly retrieving it. Well, I, that technique works, but I got to tell you, I have slipped current and eddies on a river casting marabou, you know. Yo-yoing it along and, and yep. mending the line, like it. There's more, guys. The point I'm making, guys, is the technique that everyone tells you works for how things are supposed to be done. There's ten other ways to do it, right?
1: Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Yeah,
0: and that goes for making jigs too. Be willing to experiment with different things, you know. And and we all like to imitation is the greatest form of, of flattery, right? And we all want to replicate things. And but at the end of the day. I'm convinced that guys that throw flies, half the flies they throw, there's ten other flies that you could throw that'll work just as well. Because when it when it's in the water, if it's replicating a certain type of bait fish or a sardine or whatever the hell it is in salt water, you know, you're gonna you're gonna uh, create a strike based off of a reaction of it seeing it swim through the water. So. I just think that colors look different in the water. I, I really like that perch head that you have with that black and black and orange with that, yeah. with the, what is it, like green and yellow head? Show that again. Let me get my eyes on that. Yeah, it's
1: got a little, and I spray all these with spray cans. Believe that, eh?
0: Rattle cans, huh?
1: Yeah. It's the only thing, I have guys say you don't do do that with cans. I tell them, put 50 bucks on the table, come on out to the garage. Do you really? yeah jim
0: let me ask you a question are you pouring anymore or you're getting your jigs no, done? no I'm,
1: I'm right away in fact i was talking to the guy that pours for me here the other day mm-hmm. and uh he's he, he's getting older he's got something that's good. we're talking about we're all getting old he's got something wrong with his hands yeah and uh some days his hands don't work so you know you need a little bit of dexterity to pour jigs yeah and, yeah you know he's not doing it much anymore but no it's uh Man, oh man, it's, uh, I remember when I was young and wanted to be in the fishing business and was trying, was guiding and fishing yeah. the local club tournaments and stuff and doing well. And, uh, you know, there, there was times where, you know, I'd buy 5,000 hooks and pour 5,000 jig heads and go around and sell them to pay the mortgage or the rent at the time, you know, Wow. three little kids. And, uh, I never, I never gave up on being in fishing. I just absolutely loved it. And, uh. I I've managed to give so much back to it. You know, I've managed, hey, you know Dave Mercer. Yeah. When he was 12 years old, I took him fishing.
0: That's wild. Yeah. I think that's another thing too, Jim. I don't think everyone realizes the um like your how far the gym, big gym experience has gone in the fishing industry and your connections of who you've had interactions with and relationships with and your experience in this industry. And um, I mean, I, that's why I said, I'm like, I really want to give, I really want to let this story be told and people that hear this other side of you and see some of your passion and excitement for making jigs. I mean, it's all, I mean, it's all amazing stuff. Like what, tell me, tell me what the plan is for 2023 for you. What are you hoping to do on uh, next year? Anything different or just keep on well, keeping on?
1: Yeah. Like, you know, everything's been so shut down up here. It was at one point with this COVID thing. Sure. And, you know, I guess I guess it sort of had to be. I lost a few good friends to it, like several friends. Okay. We're a little bit older, you know, they got it and they're not there. And, you know, regardless of how you feel about anything about it, uh, when you lose friends, it changes the whole thing. It sure and, does. You know, people, I, I have a buddy of mine. His mom and dad lived on opposite sides of Canada. They died six six months apart. And his sister, who was just a little young, young younger than him, lived in Winnipeg. Uh, she's a long distance runner, a marathon runner. She got it, and it killed her in five days. Wow! Yeah, this was all back in the beginning, so now he's stuck with no fa- family because of it. But I mean, uh, it's you know, it's all getting to be a game. We're getting more, more, uh, more out there. I mean, that that killed my uh, my income with no shows, sure, no trade trade shows and, and stuff and stuff like that. No no promotions in the store. Well, look, we had to put just fishing to be uh, you know uh, di- uh, digital only. Yeah, because I mean, what are you going to do? Phone up a guy, you know, phone up a company. I uh, phone up Jim Van Van Renn at uh, you know x Zone and say, Zone. Hey, yeah, I need your ad. Uh, we're going to print twenty five thousand copies. Where are you going to distribute them? Well, I, I, I don't know yet. <laughs> you know, right. I, 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 like I spent all those years developing a network to have the sure. papers in stores and places, you know, and uh, and it all changed but uh, I'm also working on my health a good bit. I'm, I'm really lucky. I have a great heart. I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm six foot four, three thirty. Uh, I used to be a lot heavier. I used to be over 400. And mm-hmm. a few years ago, I, I took it well upon myself to get, I lost 110 pounds. And then in COVID, great. yeah, in COVID it creep. I get down to like, uh, 290 to 295 and, and I should probably at 275, I'm skinny. I, I'm pretty big and it's, uh, uh, you know, some of the weight creeped back on. So I, in the last six weeks here, I took a real interest in my life again and the way I eat and, w- and what I do. I got back in the gym again. I was going to
0: say, I you post once in a while about going to the gym and stuff like that. I, I, I just like people's story. Like I said, you know, I think that's great. Good for you.
1: Yeah, well, I started going like uh, the year before COVID. I've been going to the gym for about seven years because I had this wretched sciatic stuff, and mm-hmm. I never wanted that to happen again. And I was lucky. I get in with a guy that was a trainer. Uh well, in fact, he was a soft tissue guy for the Detroit Pistons. Okay. That he knows the body. Sure. And, and he helped me he helped me get, get through it with the help of a of a really good uh, top-notch chiropractor. And I got myself ready. I said it's never coming back again. So I've been going to the gym for seven years. That's great. And, Jim. Yeah. And I get into a powerlifting gym with a buddy of mine. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. I love this. Like when I walk in the door, I mean, these guys are all animals. Like they're guys, I watched the guy deadlift 680 pounds. You know, when, when you stand in front of somebody and watch them grab a bar, and the bar is bending <laughs> for three seconds before it comes off the ground. That's hilarious. Know, I'm just I'm just sitting in a chair there shaking my head to look around. And here I am, the, the token old guy. These guys are all 25 to 35 years old, you know. They're all young, younger guys, and it's the, their lifestyle. And they were also eager to help me after I lost all the weight. And they they had me up. I was deadlifting 350 when COVID hit. Really? So I I, I was kind of impressed with that. But they used to bug me though because apparently I have a perfect body for to have short little legs, and I have arms like an orangutan. <laughs> so if you want to be a deadlifter, you don't have a spar to come up because your legs are short. That's and you don't so have to great. Get down as far because your arms are long. <laughs> so that's so great,
0: Jim. Let yeah. me ask you a question. Your show. So you do t- tell people how they can find your show on Monday nights. So you're on.
1: Yeah, CFN Network in Canada, Canadian Fishing Network. Okay. You, you can find it on uh, you know F- uh, Facebook and that. And every Monday night we're on. We have myself and uh, another lad, Jason Barnews, Bar- who is a Berkeley guy and he's a biologist and he knows a lot of stuff. And then uh, we have another bu- buddy of ours. He's a blind guy, Lawrence Gunther. He's got Bluefish okay. Canada, and uh, he 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 comes on and and does stuff. And then uh, Yvonne Brown, who does okay. uh, Ladies Fishing 101 in Canada. So okay. by far, like like I I've often said that the one thing there was one thing that was really missing from recreational sport fishing was having more women involved. Okay, and it, it's growing huge. It's sure. growing huge. And she has a really good or- organization. They mentor a lot of women. They have a lot of women's uh, weekends and stuff like that. In fact, at the ice fishing show, all the ladies were out. There was about a dozen of them there. And they all had their blue shirts on and everything. They're all in a bunch, you know, it was, it was really, really cool. Nice. And and it's not just like older or mature women. There's girls with them that are 20 years old. Nice. You know, they just, they want to, it's just a cool thing. And they really enjoy fishing. Hey, eh? but uh, she comes on one, once a month with a female guest. And, uh, man, I never realized how many women made their living in fishing.
0: Oh yeah. And I think it's starting. I think that's, that number's continuing to grow, uh, yep. exponentially. And I'm not just talking about the slinkies that are on Instagram and, yeah. and posting goofy pics. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, of, uh, it's, look at even in the video industry or like I would say for like YouTube shows and things like that, there's a lot of female anglers to get out there and just really know what they're doing you know oh, yeah and and it's really nice to see and to be honest with you for me what i say it's funny enough jim because at the for the bass club team uh at the high school i work at there's a couple of female students that are on the bass fishing team and it's just kind of nice for them to be able to see you know i always say it's nice to see people like you um, is role models. Right. And it doesn't matter whether you're black, white, male, female, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just nice to see other people like you out there doing it. And it's a good, you know, it, it, it motivates kids that they can succeed and have an opportunity and a chance. And so I love seeing it, you know, I think it's great for getting more kids involved and, um, yeah, I mean like funny enough, Jim. So in January, I just set the dates with um my kids from the bass fishing team at the high school I'm at. Um, and I'm not the, I'm not the coach. My buddies are the coaches, right? I just help out because I'm an administrator, but what I, what I'm going to do is um, I just got done getting, um, uh, what did I do? I got four pounds of um, powder paint. So just simple colors, black, white, chartreuse, and uh green pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And I'm bringing all my molds. All the hooks are on me. I have all that stuff. And I got all this extra powder, and I said, I'm giving you guys the powder. You guys have it. They only they, they make some plastics, but I'm, we're going to go make jigs with all the kids from the fishing team. So people always say, Murph, what do you do with Jig Squad? I go, I, I do this for fun. What do I do for a living? I work in education. I work with kids. So, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a labor of love. You want people to have good experiences in this. And, you know, that's kind of what Jig Squad became for me, not just the, not the kid end itself, but. Just the whole end. I want people to enjoy and think that they can make some jigs. You can buy jigs and get some simple materials and, and thread and mm-hmm. tie some things up and, and just practice, you know, and have fun. And um don't ever let anyone tell you you can't do it, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, no, it's very, very true. You know, I, I, I was at a kid's fishing thing in Ottawa. Remember I told you at the beginning I started fishing in the Reno Canal as a kid? hmm but- Halfway down the canal, there's a lake called Dow- Dow's Lake. It's a, I'm assuming it was a dug lake back in the 1800s or something. And okay. uh, I think it was an area where when the ships came or the boats came through the locks, they had a place to moor for a while and turn around or whatever to go back. And sure. we, yeah, we had a kid's fishing thing thing there and it was really, really cool. There was this one little kid and I saw him and, you know, like, ai don't know, the best way to describe him is that he... His shoulders were hunched. He was leaning. You know, the kid had no confidence. He's about twelve, maybe thirteen. Seemed like a really nice kid. You know, like he's, he's, he just wasn't having a good time. The line was tangled on a rod all the time, and you know everything else. And uh, I, I went over and I spent about fifteen minutes with him and showed him on a slip bobber how to shorten up the lead on the slip bobber. They had a bobber stop on the line. Yeah, yeah. You know, slid it down so it's on top of the weeds. And get him a few casts. All of a sudden, he catches a pumpkin seed about nine inches long. So immediately, I grabbed the rod. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The kid catches his pumpkin pumpkin seed. And I'm shocked. So I run to get my phone out of my bag. And we take a picture of him with it and everything else. And I'm showing him this and showing him that. And you you just see the kid. All of a sudden, he's standing upright and he's smiling. Just made his day. You know, and it's just so cool. And it's so little to give back for how lucky I've been. You know, yeah. and and he's he's out there. So about an hour later, I walk down help some more kids along the shore. You know, was, you know, there's always the one that's screaming and everything. It's just mayhem. It just that there was like 400 kids at this thing, eh? Right. Yeah, we're just having having a great time. And I come back back along, and I'm sitting in one of the park benches right at the shore, and I'm watching them. I'm checking some messages on my phone because I had to get out of there. Sure. And, and uh, I hear him, and he's telling these two kids, he's coaching them now.
0: And, and he's, he's got them lined up, and he says,
1: yes. "This, this is the way Big Jim does it." That's right. And he's adjusting Excellent. their bobber to get it out of the weeds, and, and I just, sure. like, my life was a success touchdown. Yeah, like my life was a success that day. Yeah, like like you said, showboating in the the end zone. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah, was,
0: it's uh, it's um, I I don't know. I mean, here, here's the thing, and I, there's no glory in this for me, guys. I always say I'm like you know you you find I. I Jim, I tell people all the time, I go I, on Instagram, I go, listen, message me on Instagram. I'll give you my phone number. I'll help you try and get started however you need to. And I just believe in doing that, you know, and I don't know. I just, it's one of those things. Like, I'm going to tell this, I'm going to tell the story at my one-year anniversary show on December 29th, um, but I, I'm i going to tell the story of why I started Jig Squad again and everything else, and I want people to hear that, but I mean, it's just, I I, I do it for a lot of different reasons and they're personal and there's you know, it's just I, I want people to be happy and have good experiences, you know. All right, so listen, Jim Omerta Tackles asking a question. He says, Hey Jim, do you ever tie jigs with texture in mind? I'm a believer that different textures will make fish hold on longer. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, I think my, like, you know, like if you look at a bucktail, so you grab a bucktail. And the stuff at the bottom of the tail has got all the air in it and everything, and it's fluffy.
0: Hollow, how, uh, yep.
1: Yeah, it, it pops out more on the tail. The stuff off the top, you know, it doesn't have that hollowness to it. And when you tie it, it looks different on the jig and and, and stuff like that. And learning, you know, like the different parts of the tail. I think that's w- one of the things. But, yeah, no, I, I, I've never really looked at it that way as texture. I, I know I do have guys that will phone me up and say, hey, I want, like, Fifty black jigs, but the hair has to be from the bottom half of the tail. Really? Yeah, they want it to be that stuff that that really pop, pop pops up. You know, when you tie it, it just sort of it's just going to flare because
0: it's a yeah. little more hollow compared yeah. to the the mid sort of. and tip section yeah. of the bucktail. When
1: yeah. when the thread cuts into it, it flares. It's going to
0: flare, correct?
1: Yeah, and 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 they and they like that. But then again, I've had guys that that want you to tie them super sparse they want three or four colors in it and they want it really sparse. Like they probably want for three or four colors. And you know, from tying yourself, Mike, it's, yeah. it's hard to keep the amount of hair down on a jig. Yeah. you're going to, try to add the three or four colors. Yeah. That's a lot more work. Hey. Eh? And like, yes. I mean, I, I look at some of the things that these, some of these guys tie, there's one guy on there. Uh, John's jigs. Oh yeah. 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 He's, he's the king. <laughs> all all hail, all hail the king. They should have the the four big brawny guys carrying in the the thing like they do in the Cleopatra <laughs> movies, and have him with a tying vice making something like that stuff. If you want, he's to a about- he's a
0: great guy. Oh, he's a he's a great
1: very- guy. Yeah, up the yin yang. He's got little bits of rubber. He's got that hobby hair stuff. I think he's got marabou feathers. Things I don't even know what they are. And I've been doing this forever. I
0: I, I have a buddy. I have a buddy that he he when he and he loves john's jigs right and he 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 what drives it to me he goes sometimes i wonder when i see his jigs i say what were you smoking (laughs) i always laugh because he's always got some crazy creative hybrid jig he's got one he's got one jig that i featured on on the jig squad instagram page one day that was like um it was like a bluegill or some type of sunfish representation with all the, like the, the blue uh, lined threadings that you would see on a bright lit up panfish. And he has a hair jig like that where he used the UV, like light blue. Um, it pro- I don't know if he used Loon, the UV, the colored um, epoxy or, or UV. And it, it just looks... So cool. And He's got so many great jigs. It just reminds you that think outside the box and be willing to try different things. Some oh, super yeah. cool stuff. No
1: offense or bust, but it, it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. And you know, back to the original question about texture. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm sure at times it can make a difference. Oh, yeah. I, I really believe that. You know, there's uh it's like you said about uh, you know, there's it, there's 10 more things that you could catch them with because everybody you know, is this uh, using the same thing? Like, I know you can make any lure the best lure in the lake if you want. If you send 100 guys out to fish and you give 95 five of them a white spinnerbait and you give five whatever they want to use, mm-hmm. well, what's what's going to be the best lure in that lake? Oh, man, it's a white spinnerbait. Everybody catches them on right. that because it's all they're using. Right. You know, and right. I, I think it's a lot of things like that. I, uh, I know since I've learned more about fishing since I got out of doing tournaments years ago.
0: Since you got out of doing tournaments, yeah. I because you're I not agree. forced
1: to do what you know you have to do mm-hmm. and should be doing, I I play around now because you don't. It's not the same. You don't have to catch fish,
0: right? And That's a great I, comment. I think, so,
1: I think sometimes when you can just mess about, I sometimes get off on things, and I realize it's it's lunch, and I've caught two two fish. What the heck am I doing? And then right. you go catch a bunch of fish. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But right. sometimes. It's like noon, and you're sitting in a boat. Your arms are sore because you're doing something that that you do. I like your brown bag today. Eh? I have days right. where I go in a boat, throw a half a dozen rods in the boat, and I have a bag of stuff or a little box, little box that something yeah. came, in, and I have a few things in it I've never used, and yeah. that's my joy.
0: You know, it's yes. funny because I um I go through stages with what I think about. Uh, like jig design. And, you know, I, I will say this. I love jig design for the creative end and what it allows me to create. Because I think that everyone should create their style. And I do think people develop styles in time. And sometimes they don't even have, sometimes not having a style is a style itself, right? Um, but I think having a style is important because it gives me the chance for myself once in a while to take a break. I know that when I started making jigs, I didn't make skirted jigs. I just poured lead, and we would use plastics, grubs, and tubes. That's what we yep. use, right? And then it it moved on to, and then if I was fishing largemouth, we were throwing Texas rigged worms with a Zoom power or, or a Zoom a Zoom worm, U tail, or a power bait worm. But I, then I start moving on. I start making uh, skirted jigs. Well, I made skirted jigs for a, before I even threw them a lot. And I was making them because I had a friend that was making them. And then it moved on from there. And then I started this stuff. And I just, I love the end of it where I don't even have to be fishing to enjoy jigs, right? But I, I like creating things. And I'm like in this new groove where I want to see how simple I can get back to in terms of some of my jig crafting this winter. And I want to see what that looks like. Like I want to make the stuff that I really want to make. Um, I want to make the stuff that I really want to use and and I don't want it to be the rule of what everyone else is using. Yeah. Well, so I don't know, know what
1: when I was talking in the beginning and I showed you the spinner baits. Yeah. That's what that that is for me. If if I make 200, I have a couple of shops in Toronto that will take all these I can make. Because they they you know like they sell every year, but they might yep. get 200 from me and there'll be 200 that look completely different. Yeah. I just sit here and I just, you got a box of hair, you got a bunch of feathers, a spool of thread, and you just knock off all different stuff, different tinsel, you know, three pieces of tinsel, the six look better. No, oh, three looks better. You know when I play around with stuff like that. And uh, yeah. that's when I really learn a lot of the things that I, that I like to do.
0: It's, it's, um, it's like,
1: it's like a hobby.
0: It is like a hobby, right? And it's uh. It's fun. Like one of the things that I'm excited about, like as an example is like, yeah, I, I'll t- I'll tell the story in time on the show, but I mean, we made the family just booked a plan for a vacation. Some It's going to be saltwater uh, next, next summer. And I'm just excited about that. I'll tell more about it in the months to come, but it's not a fishing trip. It's a family trip, but it, I will fish and I'll fish on the beaches at night. And Um, I'm real excited because it's somewhere different. It's somewhere I've never been. It's not Florida. Um, And and I'm just excited about it, you know, and and I'm excited because I'm going to start playing around and tying things up that I don't normally tie, right? And it's just something new, right? So I'm going to tie more shrimp patterns. I'm going to tie more uh, sardine style things. And um, I'm going to mess around with some true straight up saltwater bucktails that I want to make. And so I'm kind of, I'm excited, you know, and I think. That's the thing. You got to find things in this game that excite you and and it can't just be collecting everything. Some we all get, we all love tackle, don't get me wrong. But you got to find something that um occupies your time too and you appreciate yep. and I don't know. I just find surround yourself guys with people that energize you. You know, and like I said, check out you got to check out Jim on Instagram because he posts some fun cool stuff, his comments on things, he's lighthearted. He just says funny stuff. I appreciate him. And and definitely got to check out the shows too, Jim. I think uh, more people need to get on this. And we can we can get on that website and view those shows, right? We, it's not on the cable network, is it?
1: Uh, the CFN?
0: Yeah, is that what it is? is no, it it's ca- just
1: on, fa- on Facebook, yeah. Canadian on Facebook. History network.
0: Yep. Great. Yeah, I kind of want to check it out. And, you know, the other thing is too, Jim, I want to try and get you back uh, – in the spring, maybe towards the end of the winter sometime and chat a little bit more. Would you be good with something? Well,
1: I'd, like that? I'd be awesome with that. Yeah. And also I started up a YouTube channel. Oh, you did? Yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a tech nut, like I mean, not crazy, like I can't do anything. Okay. Uh, and I have a buddy, the the limestone angler in Kingston here, right on the shores of Lake Ontario. Okay. Now uh, he's a kayak freak and he's becoming a really good fisherman, but he's got the ability to put these these things together. Nice. And uh, he's done a couple. We did it. like that's what I was telling you about going to the gym. I've got a, I've I've developed a, something in my spine, and they're telling me it's a stenosis, which is sort of like having rust in your spine. Okay. It's just it's just like old age. It's all all it is. It's got nothing to do with anything else. There's no disease. There's you know it it didn't get hurt. It's it's nothing like that. It's just age. And uh, first one we did was called lawn chair because you see all my posts off the do- out the back. Yes, I mean I've had nights, uh, I've had nights out the back here where I I had a guy I I went out there one one night and it was like the second year we were here in the spring, and I go down and I got a jig, got a nice uh, jig from uh, Brendan Nags, that's the perfect jig. Okay, and, uh, I go down there and I look at it, I put my little jackal darts hog on the back, and I'm looking at it like you know like it's burnt. I'm sitting down there and I'm putting it in my hand and going oh hot, hot you know, and I throw it in the lily pads, and I catch a six and a half. This is like this is at the town dock. I live across from the town dock. I'm the next person, and I get that. I get a couple of photos, you know, just hold the fish and a selfie with it. Throw it back, yep. it, throw it back, into one and get a five and a half.
0: Oh, beautiful! So
1: in the next in the next 20 minutes, I proceed to catch six fish. One one was a dink, but the five fish would have been close to 20 pounds. So, oh my I posted a p- pictures of the fish, and I'm sitting there, and a guy from the Barry Bassmasters up on the Lake Simcoe. Yeah phones me he says to me what are you doing out there you're killing me I said what do you mean he says do me a favor I said what he says please tell me you didn't catch those fish sitting in a lawn chair I said <laughs> I'd be lying if I didn't <laughs> so, he's he had fished the tournament there the week before here the okay. week before four hour drive away, weigh 12 pounds
0: that's awesome. And it usually Hilarious. takes
1: it around 20 to win on this lake for five fish. Okay. But it was, uh, it was absolutely, it was so That's funny to to say that, eh? But uh, That's so yeah, I know, I, I, I'd love to come back. I, I, you know, I got, there's always lots of stuff to chat about. And...
0: Yeah. Jim, I'm going to make sure that I add a link to the, U- I don't think I put that. I don't think I put that down there. If I didn't, I'm going to put it down there um, in the show description for anyone looking at this afterward, um, I'm going to make sure it's in there. I, buddy, I appreciate having you on. I think, uh, what you've done for this fishing industry has been extraordinary. And I think that more people should be looking to try and get you on to allow you to tell your story. So people understand all that you've done for fishing and, um, you're a personable person. You speak well, and I just think you're good peeps, buddy. And you make one hell of a jig.
1: What I are you? Appreciate that. You know, i've I've been I've been blessed at this too. You know, the the people I've got to go fishing with. I mean, you know, I've sure I've been, been fishing with Ted Takasaki. You know, several times wow. musky fishing and stuff with Mark Thorpe. Uh, sure. You know, I spent a couple of days with Bill Dance years ago when I was with Strike King. Uh, you know, thing, things like that, and it's just uh, there's no end to it. I mean, you know, you're making your jigs. I I tie jigs. I tie jigs for the Johnson boys. Sure. Bernie Schultz.
0: Bernie Greg Schultz, De Palma. Mark, De Palma. Yeah. yeah,
1: Mark Menendez. Nice.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, uh, Alex Davis, who's a Shimano guy down in Alabama. Sure. Hey, oh, while we were talking about that, I I had a guy call me about, about 18 months ago. Okay. And he says, he's got the real strong southern ac- accent, which so right away I'm thinking, this guy fishes, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I'm looking for Big Jim. And I said, well, you got him. And he says right out of it, he says, well, I'll have you know this is Big Bob. And I said, well, Bob, (laughs) I said, oh, sorry. I said, Big Bob, I hope all is well, buddy. He goes, I need you to make me some of them little black jigs that I see. And I said, are you going to do some smallmouth fishing? He says, hell no. He says, I'm catching bad and largemouths with them when it's the only thing that they'll eat.
0: (laughs) Great story. You know, bro, a southern boy too.
1: He bought 36 from me and he wanted them to be the lightest I could make them, so I made them for I mean, the lightest I had at the time was six sixteenths that were painted, yeah, yeah. And I I flogged them down to him, and he sent me a couple of messages. I he sent me pictures of largemouth. Uh, I, I haven't seen a real dinger on them, but I've seen lots of fish close to 10. Wow, so you know, and he has no problem with the hooks. No problem with the hooks, those little number one or two Gamagatsu. You, you
0: Canada boys with those Gamagatsu 604 size one. Well, you got to
1: remember, eh, they, you all love that, them. It's a steelhead hook. You ever watch a 20 pound steelhead go in a creek?
0: Yeah, crazy.
1: Bizarre. No large mouth or small mouth is, is, is going to ever beat a steelhead in the tug of war. You know?
0: That's so wild. That's awesome, buddy. Now, Jim, if people um want to, uh, do you sell to the general public? James. Yeah, so it, it
1: can take a while sometimes because it depends what I have in that. And, you know, okay. a lot of times I, I have some buddies that do some painting for me and they do, I can't always, uh, you know, replace if they want more. I can't always give you the same thing and stuff like that. Okay. You know, like I say, it's uh, I don't pour and paint anymore. The only thing I pour or paint is a lot of the black ones and uh, a lot of uh, the, that perch, the, the perch pattern.
0: If people want to get a hold of you, they can message you on Instagram
1: yeah be happy okay. do the do the best i can with that with everybody
0: well you guys that's been big jim mclaughlin and this has been jig squad so i i jim stay in chat after i i end this broadcast we'll I talk will. for a few more minutes but you guys listen uh one more show for the two more shows for the year we got mike iovino coming up in two weeks he's a he's a guide and a fisherman out in the east coast Candlewood Lake. He makes a lot of things with Bear and some other hair type of jigs. So I'm excited to have Mike on. And then we do the one-year anniversary show on the 29th. So we're getting close to 1,000, guys. So pass along. Hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed and watching the show. I appreciate you all. We're out. I'll see you in two weeks, folks.
1: Thanks, guys. Be safe.
0: All right. Stay in chat, Jim.